this is Jim Kilgore, Certified Financial Planning Professional here at 401 Advisor, and I am the host of the 401 Advisor podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of annuities. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the show host and should not be construed as investment, legal, or tax advice. The information used is believed to be from reliable sources and is not an offer to buy or sell or to participate in any investment strategy. Investing in securities products, including variable insurance, involves risk, including loss of principal. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. I am a financial advisor with 401 Advisor and a registered representative of Ciro's Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Ciro's and 401 Advisor are not affiliated. I'm a huge Clint Eastwood fan. I think I've seen uh, every movie that uh, he starred in, directed, or produced. One of his early movies that I'm particularly fond of uh, is The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. The movie came out about six years before I was ever born, but one day I discovered Clint Eastwood movies, and I have loved them ever since. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly takes place during the Civil War. A mysterious stranger named Joe and an outlaw form an uneasy partnership. They have a falling out, but eventually they team up later in the movie to defeat a sadistic criminal and the Union Army. It's a movie that I watch whenever I see it listed in the guide on cable. I thought it'd be a catchy title for a show about annuities, because as predictable as the tide, any time the stock market shows any volatility, like we've seen recently, the annuity salespeople come out in full force. A listener of our podcast asked us to do a show specifically about annuities, and since that's the reason we started this podcast to begin with, here we go. I'm going to break, down, uh, break this down into four sections, uh, with those four sections being the following. Immediate and deferred annuities, fixed annuities, variable annuities, and finally, indexed annuities. After that, I will go through what I believe are the good, the bad, and the ugly of annuities. Obviously, this won't be 100% comprehensive as there are so many variations and features available, but I will hit the main points that will affect most annuity sales pitches. So let's get started with immediate annuities. An immediate annuity is an annuity contract between an individual or couple with an insurance company. The insurance company pays the owner or annuitant a guaranteed income starting almost immediately. The immediate annuity is funded with a lump sum from the contract owner and they can elect monthly, quarterly, or annual payments. An immediate annuity can also be called a single premium immediate annuity with an acronym SPIA, an income annuity, or simply an immediate annuity. Payments are generally fixed for the term of the contract, um, but other provisions can be added uh, that include some inflation protection. I got an immediate annuity quote yesterday with a $100,000 lump sum on a married couple, both age 65. 
The estimated monthly income after tax was $333.46. If the couple lived to their life expectancy, let's say age 85, the internal rate of return on that is a whopping negative. That's minus 2.034%. One of them would have to live to age 90 to have a positive internal rate of return. And it would take one of them living to age 100 to have a 2% internal rate of return. Annuity salespeople hide this low return by quoting a return that includes the return of your own money in addition to the actual interest rate credited to your account. Okay, so that's immediate annuities. Deferred annuities is a different annuity, <clears throat> a different annuity contract with a an insurance company, and uh, for the rest of this podcast, that's what we're talking about. All annuities are contracts with insurance companies, and so the deferred annuity promises to pay the owner a regular income or lump sum at some future date. Deferred annuities can be funded in a lump sum or over a period of years called the accumulation phase. So once the contract owner decides to start receiving income, the payout phase begins. Many deferred annuities are structured to provide income for the rest of the owner's life and sometimes their spouse's life as well. So that explains the two types of payout arrangements with annuities, and they are either immediate or deferred. So now I'm going to move on to the different types of annuity structures, and those are fixed, variable, and indexed. So a fixed annuity is pretty easy to explain. Uh, buyers that are interested in a fixed annuity can purchase one either with a lump sum of money or a series of payments over time. The insurance company, in, uh, in turn, guarantees that the account will earn a certain rate of interest. When the annuity owner decides to begin receiving income from the annuity, the insur insurance company calculates those payments based on the amount in the account, the owner's age, and how long payments will continue and other factors. The payout phase can be for a certain number of years, for life, for the life of one person, or for the life of that person and their spouse. So during the accumulation phase, the account grows tax-deferred, but when the income starts, it's taxed at the annuitant's regular income tax rate. All right, so that's the uh, fixed annuity side. Now, variable annuities can have lots of different options and moving parts which in most cases uh, makes them very difficult to understand, not just for the annuitant, but for the annuity salesperson as well. So a variable annuity is an annuity contract, um, the value of which can vary based on the performance of the underlying portfolio of mutual funds. So there's two elements that contribute to the value of a variable annuity. And uh, that's the principal amount, which is the uh, amount con the contract owner pays into the annuity and the return uh, that your annuity's investments deliver over time. Most variable annuities are deferred, which if you remember, payments don't start until a later date. You can buy a variable annuity with a lump sum or a series of payments during the accumulation phase. Uh, the second phase is triggered when the owner asks the insurer to start the income. 
variable annuities became uh, popular in the 1990s as an alternative to fixed annuities, which offer a guarantee. But some people were looking for higher returns. Variable annuities gave owners the opportunity to take advantage of rising markets by investing in a menu of mutual funds offered by the insurer. The perceived benefit was the possibility of higher returns during the accumulation phase and a greater sum to turn into an income stream. The downside was that the buyer was taking the market risk rather than the insurer, which in the which is the case with fixed annuities where the insurer bears the risk of delivering what on what was promised. Okay, so finally the indexed annuity. An indexed annuity is a contract that pays an interest rate based on the performance of a specific market index like the S&P 500. They differ from fixed annuities which pay a fixed rate and the variable annuity that bases its interest rate on the underlying performance of the mutual funds that we just talked about. Indexed annuities can be referred to as equity indexed or fixed indexed annuities. Indexed annuities offer the owner the opportunity to earn higher than fixed annuities when the financial markets are performing well. Often they have some protection against market declines. The rate on an indexed annuity is calculated based on a year-over-year average or its average monthly gain over the last 12 months. While indexed annuities are linked to the performance of an index, the owner won't necessarily reap the full benefits of the rise of the index. The reason is that indexed annuities often have a limit set by the insurance company on the potential gain. This is often referred to as the participation rate. The participation rate can be as high as 100%, but can also be as low as 25%. The most common is between 60 and 80% participation rate. As an example, say the stock index rose 15% and you had a 60% participation rate. That translates to a credited yield of 9%. Most indexed annuity contracts include a cap rate that can further limit what's credited to the account. For example, a 7% cap rate would limit the credited yield to 7% no matter how much the index gained. In the example above, the 60% participation rate credited at 9% would further be reduced to 7% if the indexed annuity specifies a cap rate. Okay, so we've gone through the payout, different payouts of immediate and deferred, and we went through some of the three basic types of annuities. Now, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm going to switch that up and do the bad and ugly first. So the bad and the ugly. Variable annuities can tie you down to uh, 3 to 4% annual fees and some severe uh, surrender charges, sometimes 15 years or longer, depending on the annuity. If you're looking at a variable annuity with bells and whistles that you really don't understand, starting with the seems too good to be true illustrations you're being shown, I recommend a second opinion from someone who has no skin in the annuity game. Uh, If you're in a low or moderate tax bracket, buying an annuity with after-tax dollars to defer investment income may disappoint you if your income tax bracket ends up 
as high or higher in retirement due to some uh, significant RMD distributions from your IRA or 401k or the fact that tax rates overall will likely rise in the future. Remember that four or five trillion they just added uh, with uh, the stimulus package? Additionally, if you purchase an annuity with after-tax money, it may be a poor tax decision. You'll be swapping lower capital gains tax and dividend tax rates on a portfolio of conservative dividend-yielding stocks for higher taxable ordinary income tax rates on all the annuity gains. You don't need an annuity in an IRA if you're looking to defer income. The IRA already is tax-deferred. Holding an annuity in an IRA is redundant unless you specifically are seeking the insurance and mortality benefits. A fixed annuity may augment your overall financial or investment strategy, but interest rates are currently unappetizingly low. You'd be better off buying a fixed annuity that locks in a higher interest rate when interest rates are higher, which might not happen for quite a while. Your money may be tied up for life. After-tax annuities can't be undone. Once the money is in an annuity structure, it remains in an annuity structure. If you need or want to exit a bad or ugly annuity, your only option is to roll it over to a less expensive annuity if you no longer have surrender penalties. However, you can't terminate the annuity structure without paying ordinary income tax rates on all your gains. Are you planning to leave your heirs a variable annuity? All annuities make poor inheritances, since there is no step-up in basis to the date of death value when the initial owner, that's the annuitant, passes away. As opposed to passing stocks, which receive very favorable tax treatment when passed to your heirs. For example, let's say you buy Apple stock at $200 per share. But at your death, Apple is trading at $275 a share. Your heirs get the step up in basis and inherit the Apple stock at $275 a share, totally tax-free. That doesn't happen in an annuity, where the gain is added to their normal taxable income and could push them into a higher tax bracket. Okay, so that was the bad and the ugly. The good. At 401 Advisor, we see very little, if any, good in buying annuities. There are some very specific uses, uh, such as if you are concerned without living your savings due to extreme longevity in your family, a charitable inclination, or an estate planning need for a special needs family member. That being said, annuities should not be bought or sold outside of a financial plan specific to your situation. Your neighbor on the left may love annuities. The neighbor on your right might hate them. All of that is irrelevant to you because it has to be right for your financial plan. Our belief at 401 Advisor is that almost anything you can do inside an annuity, you can do better outside of an annuity. If you would like a retirement income plan developed just for you that considers multiple investment options and tax strategies, Give us a call and we'll be happy to meet with you. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. 
like the listener that requested a show about annuities. If there's a financial planning topic you would like us to do, please send us an email to either jim at 401advisor.com or bill at 401advisor.com with the topic, and we will be happy to oblige. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon.